This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. I am giddy, giddy with excitement. It's close season. And we are attempting our first four-way podcast. So, I don't know how it's going to come out on YouTube, but to my left, please welcome normal podcast co-host, Mr. David Diamond. Good evening. In the bottom corner, immediately beneath Dave, Mr. Mikey Penty-Smith. Watcher. And unbelievable, unmasked, coming direct from Afghanistan. (laughs) Um, please, if you're listening to this on podcast, stop now and go straight to YouTube because the renegade Statman has revealed himself. Statman, how you doing? Easy, Ben. How are you? Uh, giddy. Absolutely giddy. I'm going to do a terrible job here because I'm just going to giggle the whole time. Dave? Hang on, that's not Stat. He's got a mask on. Who is it? <laughs> He's beautiful. Doesn't um, feel like Stat to me. Dave, before we start, um, this is a World Cup um, podcast. Um, we're going to do a bit of a preview, have a bit of a debate. Um, one of your favourite players has retired, aged 38, Dave. Can you just give me a bit? Pablo Cunhago Pabs has, has gone, retired. hasn't he? Saw that, yeah, at 38. I couldn't tell you, who is he? I mean, I think me and Stat did a bit on the, on a pod, certainly over the last season, one of the history pods. Did he end up playing, he ended up playing for Shefke's team at some point, didn't he, Stat? Yes. And then... And he pl- had and a spell in played... China or Vietnam or somewhere. And also played in Spain again for FC Choco. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes. How can I forget FC Choco? Dave, yeah. what's your, what's your favourite Pablo moment? Oh, mate, there's so many. I still think um, a small moment, but the left foot pass goal, well, two, the left foot pass against Bristol City in the 6-0 win. And obviously the, um, the ridiculous back heel at Charlton. Mikey? Uh, yeah, the back heel at Charlton and the tap in against Norwich. I've never forgiven him for getting sent off against Sheffield United. That no, not at all. But for me, it would be um, the three-two win over over Coventry in the ninety-seventh minute when he scored that goal. Of course, I wasn't cool. there that day, but of course, yeah, yeah. As great a player, um, great, great player. Paul Hurst, Roy Keane hated him. Roy he did really hate everybody. Him. Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't be Roy's cup of tea, would he? Absolutely not. Um, Paul Hurst has done his first press conference today. Um, I've done a little video, which you can find on YouTube. Um, but we'd like to get your thoughts. Mikey, did, have you seen any of this? Uh, your video? No. <laughs> yeah. No. The, no, the... I have. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the press conference live on Facebook. And yeah, he, he was making all the right noises. Um, and yeah, it confirmed a few things for me. The combination of the old school and the new school. And that, that's what I was hoping for, really. Um, I don't think Ipswich needs to a complete revolution, but yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll be moving in the right direction under Hurst. He sound, sounded great. 
Stat? Very positive. Yeah, great. To be honest with you, I didn't know a great deal about Paul Hurst. Um, it probably fell into the category of Morris Stein and, and Jack Ross. You know, outside the Ipswich Town stat bubble, I don't really venture that far. But, you know, I've liked what you said. Um, and, you know, just seeing that free kick that Shrewsbury scored in the in the playoff final kind of excited me. I mean, one of the things I liked is that he, he used the phrase front foot. And I went back with the stat machine and Mick never actually used that. <laughs> he, he did use the phrase back foot quite a few times, but never front foot. So now I'm excited. Good. Got my season ticket. So I'm looking forward to it. Dave? Yeah, much the same, really. Um said what you would have expected him to have said at a press conference. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. I think everybody is. I'm sure it will have some sort of spike in season tickets, I would have thought, even for the, you know, even for the start of the, for the, start of the season, um, if he gets off to a good start. Lovely yeah, stuff. superb. Um, so we're going to do some World Cup shizzle. We never said we'd do it, Dave, but we, we've given in, and it's a good chance to test out this wonderful new technology. Yeah. Um, so... What I thought I'd ask first is just how it sits as an Ipswich fan. Do you guys not really care the whole time and then get involved? Um, we never see any England players. Um, what's what's your kind of take on it? How do you get into it, Dave? Yeah, once it starts, really. Although I'm not sure Russia versus Saudi Arabia will get the juices flowing. But um, you look at some of the early games and fourth game in is Portugal-Spain. So... Yeah, that's certainly one to um, one to keep an eye on. But what well, England are first up? Is it Monday against uh, Tunisia? Monday, Tunisia on Monday. So yeah, you know, I will watch the England games and I'll sort of just dip in and out of games. Certainly in the in the you know the first stage um, stages as and when really. Um, yeah, I'm a bit sort of yeah until it starts. I'm not really not really bothered about it. And Mikey, you're gonna don your bulletproof vest and change your name and grab your Jason Bourne passport and, and you're off you're off to Russia soon what about you just um how do, how do you kind of I don't, I don't want to patronize you you're you're younger than all of us um well we'll, we'll come to that later on but um give, give me your give me your world cup feelings I always get really invested in it I really enjoy it um I follow England uh much like many of my friends follow their club teams I just watch them from my from the comfort of my sofa um but having said that when the tournament's on i do really really get into it um i love having the football on every day and it's also a novelty supporting the same team as my friends i wouldn't want it all of the time i quite i quite enjoy keeping out of the my club is better than your club nonsense but i like pulling in the same direction as my colleagues once in a while my friends so so yeah i i really enjoy it Statman, what are you drinking? Vodka and Ribena or something? Yeah. Stat juice. So. Same question to you, my friend. Um, I'm a club over country man. Um, so I thought I was getting into the World Cup a little bit, but then when Dave started listing when the fixtures were, I thought I don't I don't really know. I know it's Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Um, but the World Cup sweepstakes are starting, so I, I managed to pull out Morocco the works <laughs> one. Um, so then I had a look at the list that w- who was left and you had England, Germany, Argentina, uh, Spain. <laughs> so I thought I'll have another go. So I pulled out Colombia and I thought, I can't believe this. So then I, I pulled out another one. So it was six quid. Um, and I got Portugal and then I stopped. So I haven't got, Ooh. I haven't got a winner, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, disappointing that Ireland aren't there so you know some people who who follow me on Twitter or whatever will know that 
Yes, I, I am born in born in England, but um, brought up by a deeply patriotic um, Irish mother. So I've I've always um, I've always followed Ireland over England, probably because I got bullied merciless mercilessly when um, my mum used to send me off to school with um, shamrocks on my on my school jumper. So basically, you're the Andy Townsend of this podcast, the Tony Cascarino. <laughs> well, there, there are other people. Um, previous manager for one. Oh. Eddie had a mention it. Did you? I think you mentioned him, Dave, didn't you? Um, right. Let's let's talk about England then. Um, I've written down their their record. So since they won in 1966, see if you can spot the pattern here. Quarterfinals 1970, 74-78 didn't qualify. 82 um, second group stage. Quarterfinals in 86, hand of God. Uh, semi-finals in 90, penalties. 94 didn't qualify. Graham Taylor. Uh, 98 round of 16. David Beckham. 02 quarters, uh, Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho. 06 quarters, uh, different. Was that different, Ronaldo? 06? Who knocked him out no. in 06? Oh, wasn't, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Cristiano. Penalty Cristiano, was it? It was, yeah. the, was it not the Rooney thing? Well, yeah, Rooney got sent off and yeah. Cristiano probably tucked away the penalty. Um, yeah. 010, um, Lampard over the goal line. And yeah. 2014... Roy Hodgson making that gif of himself going. Um, what would uh, represent a successful World Cup given the current squad and um, where things lie, Mikey? Uh, I think that that's an obvious one. Probably quarterfinals. Um, it's been it's been a while since we were making the knockout stages of tournaments comfortably and then getting knocked out in the quarterfinals, and that seemed really disappointing. Um, so yeah, be careful what you wish for, uh, because now, now we find ourselves hoping that we get to a quarterfinal. But for me personally, I'd quarterfinals would be good, but I'm just desperate to see us win a big game against a big nation. I, I haven't seen that in a in a, in the knockout stage of a World Cup or a Euros in my lifetime. So because Spain well, I, on penalties once we did, yeah, but I was I was only. Uh, four maybe five yeah I was five um, and yeah w- although I was already going to watch Ipswich I didn't watch any of Euro 96 um, so yeah sorry about that uh, brag uh, I'm too <laughs> too young to remember that but um, yeah I think quarterfinals but I just feel like semi-finals then we can be really happy and I think a lot of fans will get on board with it again because I think there's much less hype in this country about this tournament compared to even the last World Cup and the one before it. Um, so, yeah, I think they've got some work to do to win back some disgruntled fans, which sounds familiar. Um, Statman, what are England going to do? I agree, I agree with Mikey. Um, quarterfinals would be would be progress. Um, they they should, should get out of the group. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that they'll probably finish, I'm going to say, runners-up in the group. So I don't know who that will probably pit us against. But I, I think, you know, quarterfinals would be would be successful considering that we've got a manager that we didn't really kind of properly appoint. He kind of, you know, fell into the job in my opinion. Dave. Yeah. Quarterfinals would be a great achievement. I think with the squad they've got, I said to my lads the other day, you know, pick a, um, out of the current England squad and the, you know, with perhaps the first 11 they could put out, how many of those would get at the start of the world cup. Now, how many of those would get in the world 11 and yeah, not, not any of them, not even close. 
So, but hey, as Mikey said, there's no. I don't think. I think there's going into the World Cup. There's not as much. Certainly not as much pressure or expectation going into this World Cup. So I think, yeah, I think quarterfinals that have done well, and yeah, who knows? Get to a quarterfinal, and we surely we're due to win one big knockout game at some point, even if it is against the odds. You know, against supposedly what I would say would be a stronger team in the quarterfinals. So, um, yeah, everything, everything to gain from this World Cup, I think. When was the last big knockout game? They do you know won, what then? it could have? Do you know what it could have been? Is it ninety? It could have been. And, um, yeah, it what, could Cameroon? have been ninety. Or Cameroon, Belgium. Yeah, then so won't beat Belgium, then beat Cameroon in the quarters. Um, so what's that? Ninety, ninety-four didn't qualify. Ninety-eight got knocked out by Argentina. Two thousand and two. Oh, Brazil was quarterfinal, but yeah, obviously lost that. Beat Denmark three 0 didn't we? Beat Denmark three 0 Was that? Big big game. I don't know. Yeah, Rio Ferdinand. We do, we do a result against the odds. So, yeah, who knows? Hmm. Okay. Um. Other than England, then, um, who who are you turning on the TV to to see, Statman? Uh, Portugal, Colombia, and Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> is this purely? Um, is this self-interest? Yeah, because of the they're my sweepstake team, so that they're I'm only interested in them. So. Come on, the Moroccans. Okay. I'm looking forward to the tweets, uh, the stats about the Moroccan national team. Oh, um, they, they are lined up. The stat machine has gone crazy. But, I mean, to be honest with you, once the tournament starts, and I think Dave said about Russia versus Saudi Arabia or whatever the first game, but, you know, we'll we'll take an interest in that and um, just see see what games there are. And, and I think, you know, there, there are only a few games that, that us that, you know, work proper hours will we'll kind of miss during the during the day. Who was that Moroccan guy that we were going to sign instead of Fanidi George? Kashlou. Hassan Kashlou, yeah. Hassan Kashlou, yeah. Sorry, I don't really know any other. He went, didn't he go off to... Villa. I'm looking at you, I'm looking Villa. at you. Look at Villa, yeah. Yeah, they're still, he's still on the wage bill, apparently, according to yeah. <laughs> last week's accounts. Yeah, he's um, earning about five grand a week less than Ross McCormick. <laughs> It's apparently they're paying Nick Barmby as well. Um, Dave, um, any, any other teams excite you here? Uh, oh, obviously, you'll, you'll watch. I'll, I'll watch Brazil. Probably watch them if they played anywhere. Um, I think France looked very strong, so I'd watch France, Spain. Yeah, normal, usual suspects really. Argentina, usual suspects. Uh, I think. Mikey, uh, it might not be a popular opinion, but I really enjoy watching uh, Germany. Um, I was at the Confederations Cup last year working alongside a, a German guy and I was blown away by how much he and the other German journalists rate their team and they really enjoy watching them and he couldn't understand that how many English fans prefer club over country um, and yeah it was their, basically their B team that won the Confederations Cup last year and honestly they were, they were better than the England team Do you think, and that's um, their second string. Well, do you think I mean, Leroy Sane and Mario Goetze yeah. would get in the England squad? <laughs> Flipping egg. That's uh, incredible. Uh, Sane would walk into it, but Goetze isn't isn't anything special. He's just he's just a big he's one of those big names. He's actually not as good as people think. Did he not uh, score the winner in the last World Cup? Was he did, yeah, and it was a great goal, but he barely played apart from that in that mm. tournament, from what I remember. Yeah. But yeah, they've got a couple of lesser-known players, this current Germany team, who are really who good. The, who the hell is going to start in place of Sane? I was, I was having this conversation with someone today, and we were saying about Germany. I said, well, they must be... Sane's not even in the squad, so who the Julie, hell plays Julian instead of Brandt. him? They, yeah, they don't 
really play out and out wingers and mm-hmm. Sane hasn't done anything for Germany so far and apparently he was um quite cocky in the Germany training camp and right. was behaving like he was the superstar and Germany is very oh, much a team play. environment and not a collection of individuals um, yeah, know, they still got Germany still got the same manager with the sort Jochen of love yeah Jochen, yeah, yeah. sniff his um, fingers a lot he does yeah which is a little bit Hard to watch, isn't it? Check under is the Philip Lamb still playing? Tell me he is. No, Lamb is oh, no. retired. M- Muller's yeah. still there. Thomas Muller. Muller's still there. Apparently yeah. this would have been Lamb's eighth World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's won seven. Yeah. He's won, he's won he thinks, seven he thinks and he's lost Cafu, on the semi-final once. Hey, dear <laughs> me. Um, right, we're going to go to our debate now. So, um, And this was the whole uh, premise for this podcast. Not that to talk about, but just, just to have an argument, really, because that's the... That's the fun thing. That's why Statman's made his debut. Um, so, what <laughs> the way the way I the way I put it to the guys is we're going to debate which is which is the best World Cup. I sound like Alan Partridge now, don't I? Um, and then we're gonna when this comes out, we'll put it to the most scientific diagnosis possible. We'll do a Twitter poll to decide who is right. So, Dave is going to argue for 1982. I'm going to argue for 1990. Statman is going to argue for 1994 and Mikey for 1998. Um, the rules are on the Twitter poll. You can only vote for one of those four. So just preempting the um, load of comments that list different ones that aren't those. There's only four of us. We can only pick one each. Play by the rules. So um, Dave, um, for sheer knowledge and charisma, you can go first, not because yours is the furthest one back. So I'm just... I'm just going to get slaughtered, aren't I? 1982, two of you weren't even born then. I was born. Oh, were you? Oh, you might have been. When no, I was. August the 23rd. So I just missed it. No, you it. weren't. Yeah. Mikey certainly wasn't. No. Stat. In black you, and white. Stat. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had a brown ball with a lace in it. <laughs> Ray Crawford scored eight goals, yeah? Right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Dave, you're up. The floor is yours. And to take this as an opportunity. Mikey and I didn't see it. Um, how old were you, Stat? Uh, 11. So Stat will have some, some recall of that. Stat would have run home from school. So the 1982 World Cup, from a purely a club uh, selfish point of view, six Ipswich players um, represented two of the home countries, three for Scotland, three for England, albeit um, George Burley went along but didn't didn't even make the bench, I don't think. Didn't Who's make the start. Didn't make the bench. Danny McGrain, Scottish captain, Celtic, Celtic fullback always. Burley only played nine times for Scotland, probably because one because of the nasty injury. Don't forget he had in '81 the season before, 18 months before he did his cruciate. Um, and Scotland, yeah, played Danny McGrain. At that point, I think perhaps Danny McGrain, probably the goalkeeper, Alan Ruff, and I'm struggling to think of others here, were probably the only two token Scots of us who played their football in Scotland in the whole in the whole Scottish. Well, yeah, certainly in the first eleven. All made up of, you know, Anglophiles, you know, the Soonesses, obviously John Walk, um, Dalgleish, Strachan, players like that. Um, and for England, so we, had, we even provided the England, the England captain, for goodness sake. So Mick Mills um, played in all five games for England, um, captain in all five games. Mariner played in all five games, I think chipped in with a goal, maybe two, certainly one. And... Um, and obviously Terry Butcher, I think, played in four of the five games, just missed one. 
And it was just a great, you know, it was a great World Cup. It was in Spain. I was lucky enough not to go any of the matches. I say lucky enough. I was on holiday over in Mallorca for two weeks while the World Cup was going on. So you sort of kind of got mixed up in the whole World Cup vibe while you're over there. Um, and the actual, and it's just the classic games. Some of the classic games from there. I remember, Stat, you'd remember, probably remember this, running home from school to see Brian Robson opening, you know, score for England. The opening After like 10 was, seconds or something, Dave. 20, 24, 27 seconds. It was the fastest goal um, for a long time. It may have been beaten now. Um, so we beat France 3, beat France 3-1. Then we beat Czech, I think, 2-0. Beat Q8, 1-0. So we won all three group matches. Then went through. Then we drew. It was a weird sort of setup in that World Cup. You went through to another um group of three teams you didn't go to a knockout stage straight away and it was us Germany and Spain we drew nil nil both games and got knocked out had five games one three two two and didn't you know didn't get any further because Spain I think um lost to Germany 2-1 in the other game there so yeah it was just a great World Cup I mean probably one of the classic World Cup games of course everyone perhaps will remember was the great um Brazil and Italy Italy have come from nowhere so Italy unlike England, are drawn all their first three games. They're drawn, I think, Peru, Colombia and Poland. They went on to beat the quirk of the World Cup. They went on to beat Poland in the um, in the semi-final. So Italy really came from, Italy sort of came from nowhere to a degree. They beat Argentina. They were in a, they were in a group with Argentina. Their group of three in the second round was Argentina in Brazil. They were in a group with Argentina, which included Maradona. I think Claudio Gentili and Shirea, the other great, uh, Juventus defender sorted sorted Maradona out in no uncertain terms. They beat they beat Argentina two one, and then probably one of the greatest World Cup games of, of all, which people will remember, was the three two win against um against uh, against Brazil, which was to this day probably one of the yeah one of my favourite World Cup games ever. It was Paolo Rossi um, has the tournament yeah had been out been out two years for uh, uh, for bribery and and corruption or perhaps some bribery certainly betting of uh, some sort of betting coup um, was brought back served his two years was brought back into the national squad played I think in the first group without really first group games without really doing much. And scored an incredible hat trick against against Brazil, and it all really kicked off from there. And this was the great Brazil side. The other great game I remember in the World Cup was the the win, the Brazil win against um, Scotland. When again you'd have seen this, Ben and, and Mikey would have seen this when Neri put Scotland ahead one nil after about I think twenty odd minutes, and it sort of stung Brazil into um, into retaliation. They ended up I think four one winners. And Dave, there's footage to... of that last goal from above Adair, the chip. Uh, but it's, it must be like the roof of the stadium or something. You can see the the, the eyes beautiful. It is. They were a beautiful sight. Arguably, they, they they say that that was almost. I can't believe it was, but some of the football they played in that tournament on a par with you know the great, well the all time great side in 1970 probably. But no, they lost to Italy, who then went on to and again the games superb games. Everybody remember who then went on to. Um, the famous semi-final against Germany. Of um, sorry, they, they sorry they beat Poland two 0 Rossi scored a, Rossi scored two more to get them into the final. And the other great semi-final, of course, which is a game everybody's remember. Everybody remembers. It was a three-three game. The France um, France Germany three-three Plat- game. Latinese France. All remembered for the foul by um, Schumacher on the full-back Battiston. Would any of those players have played for Saint Etienne, Dave? Uh, well, funny enough, the season before, <laughs> both players played against Ipswich. So, Batisson played against Ipswich um, in both legs. 
and Schumacher played for Cologne in the semi-final against Ipswich in both legs. It was just a great World Cup. And then the final, to say that all off the final, um, Italy three, Germany one. I think everybody loved that. Really didn't want to see Germany win again. Um, and I think, Stat, you posted something, I think, on Twitter or maybe Facebook the other day. Probably the, one of the greatest ever goal celebrations by Marco Tardelli <laughs> in the final. That's that's the way to do it. If 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 I ever score a goal in the World Cup final, which Iconic probably is going to happen now, that's how I'm going to celebrate. One thing, just for the people who are on the who listen to the ITFC history pod, that they're, they're begging me to ask you: um, Did Norwich's goalkeeper play for England um, in that tournament, uh, Kevin Keelan? Oh, uh, Kevin Keelan. No, well, here's the thing: Kevin Keelan didn't because Kevin Keelan and more. Probably just as important in that tournament. Well remembered that Trevor Brookin, who really were our two key players, um, were injured for the group. For were injured for the group stages, were sort of nursed along, and really when we were desperate for a goal, I think it was the the last game. So what turned out to be our last game, the fifth game against Spain. Um, I think Keegan and Brookin were thrown in. We needed to win by two clear goals, and as a classic. Um, is a classic shot of I think Keegan with about ten minutes to go, his first touch of the game, about six yards out, putting a header round the post, which, okay, I think we're probably about 10, 15 minutes to go, would have given us the England a lead, and perhaps, who knows, from it, another case of uh, England, a World Cup so near, but so far. But yeah, for me, brilliant World Cup. I mean, I was at that age, I was 18, for God's sake, so it was a great age as well to be watching, um, you know, watching a World Cup. England, sort of flattered to deceive, probably played a bit too safe. And of course, who was in the squad, my all-time favourite England player, Glenn Hoddle, who was given one meaningless game by... Um, Ron Greenwood, which was obviously, he was then um, uh, replaced by, obviously, Bobby Robson, the, um, who, um, yeah, took over for the very next England game, which I think was a qualifier against Denmark, a European qualifier. So, yeah, for me, one of, just, just a great, great World Cup. So many memories, so many brilliant games, so many great, iconic players. Lovely stuff, Dave. Um, I think um, that's a good marker. I don't think anyone's going to beat Dave on Ipswich Town, um links and the 3-3 three, three, um, game Brazil Italy is going to be a tough one to beat but I'm going to try now so um, I've got Italian 90 I was eight years old um, so obviously a very impressionable age to fall in love with football I believe this is the start of the globalization of, of football where everyone starts to starts to know everything um, we're in Italy um, and this is important because they've got the best league in the world. Saki's Milan have just won the second Champions League with the Rijkaard Van Basten Hullet team. And Inter uh, competing with them. They buy three Germans, Bremer, Matthias and Klinsmann. More from them later. Um, England are actually good. Uh, Lineker is the star striker. Gascoigne and Platt in midfield. And um, so Bobby Robson and Terry Butcher. I can't beat you, Dave, but I can I can give you... I can give you you can do so, Bobby, and I, I could. So, um, SO World Cup coins. I collected SO World Cup coins. It was magnificent. Um, mini footballs with the red and green with, like, Sicily at the bottom. I don't think anyone's going to be able to beat them. And, Dave, you know where I'm going. I'm going to the opening match. Argentina are going to beat Cameroon. Dave's all-time favourite red card, Benjamin nice. Massing on Claudio nice. Canigia. I can barely hide my laughter even now. I know he nearly killed. And Benjamin Massim, rest in peace, died two years ago, didn't he, Dave? Um, but he did. I think we, we researched that. We always um, look upon that tackle with great fondness, don't we? He would have been banned for four years now <laughs> by, by, by FIFA it was just, and the Italian it was just police. The, 
if I just say it was just the combination of the tackle. So he like rides one and you think, oh, off he goes. And then he gets battered by another. I mean, fan- Kanija, fantastic balance, but he doesn't get past Messin, does he? Um, and if I'm the TV director, Kanija, the hair, the speed, everything, I love it. What also helps a World Cup is if the home nation are good, although I think Mikey's going to trump me on that one. Um, Italy are good. Uh, Scilacci... Roberto Baggio, the greatest number 10 of his generation, starts the third group game to national clamour to dribble it round all the Czechoslovakians, gives the keeper the eyes. Oh, my goodness. Scotland are still qualifying. Um, They lose to Costa Rica, which is funny. And then at the hands of Brazil, this is the Brazil of Branco, Careca and Muller. Um, West Germany are ridiculous. They've got Beckenbauer, the manager, who's looking to become the first person to win the World Cup as a player. And a manager. I've already mentioned the three interplayers: Bremer, Matthias, and Klinsmann. Add Vola, Kola, Hassler, and what a beautiful kit they wore as well—the iconic Adidas kit. Um, England were well; it was more like they were managed by um, our previous manager because they shithoused the groups, didn't they? Drew with Ireland, drew with Netherlands, and beat Egypt with a set-play goal um, to get through to second round. Second round. Uh, Cameroon, Colombia, where Higita runs out to the halfway line and Roger Millet. No one can beat that. Higita being robbed on the halfway line by a 38-year-old Cameroon who does a does a shimmy in the corner flag. It's beautiful. Loads of grudge matches. West Germany v Netherlands, three red cards. Argentina v Brazil. Maradona and Canija beat Brazil. Beautiful. Ireland beat Romania. Statman, you've got, to be, you've got to be in on that. David O'Leary. Italy go through against Uruguay. Um, England beat Belgium. Stupid goal by David Platt. The latest goal in a World Cup until Hakan Suka for Turkey against someone. Croatia, I think. Um, Quarterfinals. All the stars are here. So Argentina, Maradona and Stojkovic. Argentina go through. Italy beat Ireland. Sorry, Statman. Skilacci scores again. Narrative. Germany beat the Czechs. Lothar Mateus scores. What a player. England bonkers. Cameroon. 3-2, 3-2, love it. And I don't really want to talk about the semi-finals because all the villains win. You know what happens to England, don't you? Gascoigne, yellow card, really jammy Bremer free kick. Um, penalty shootout, Waddle and Pierce miss. Um, Maradona in the other semi-final is playing in the San Paolo in Naples where he plays for Napoli to take the decisive penalty to put the home nation out. If any of you can beat me on narrative for that one, I will be surprised I, I win narrative as soon as I mention Maradona West Germany win the final the Argentines lose the plot they get two sent off in summary great hosts good home nation team penalty shootouts when the TV guys got hold of these penalty shootouts the drama of those Argentina win twice Ireland win one West Germany win one um, Goy Kachaya, the Argentina key becomes a bit of a star uh, free kicks Kwan from South Korea, Michelle of Spain, Kubik, Czechoslovakia, Stojkovic, free kicks are in the Arsenal. But here's where I'm going to beat all of you, right? Listen to these creative players. Georgie Hadji, age 25, Romania. Thomas Brolin, age 21, Sweden. Carlos Valderrama, Colombia. Robert Prozinetsky, age 21. How much would he be worth? Enzo Schifo, age 23, Belgium. Stojkovic, Yugoslavia, Michelle. Gascoigne, and I give you Maradona, but... After Maradona, I give you Pavarotti singing Ness and Dorma, and I have one, and you should all just go home. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Weren't all of the games really boring, though, up until yep, the Yeah, and they had to put the back pass rule in after that. <laughs> the games are dreadful, mate. The games yeah. are awful. Seriously. Yeah. Um, there was some there was some shit housery going on, and a, one of the referees got really famous as well, didn't he? But um, um, I mean, if you want to continue, I think I think I've won already. But um, Statman, take it away with USA '94. Well, everything that you said about 1990 um, is all right, but mine is sort of much much better, really. <laughs> I mean, is, can I you say talk so about that is the worst World Cup ever. It's, it's not. No, well, to be honest with you, just so the viewers and listeners know, I want to do Italian 90. The first time Ireland... Can I, can I just say... Sorry, yeah. Stan, I'm not, I'm not... It's lovely to see you. Can I just say Diana Ross penalty and leave it at that? I'll, I'll tell you, I'm coming to that. I'm coming to that. Go but, on. you know, Italian 90, I, I like how Ben just said, uh, you know, group stage, you know, basically Ireland drew with England, England drew with Ireland. That was it. The game was much, much more than that. And, you know, I don't and, uh, give two shits about Ireland. Kevin Sheedy's uh, equaliser, you know, in about the 79th minute, was fantastic. And the, um, the uh, you mentioned quite rightly, uh, although Dave, he was talking about penalties, but I think he means penalties. penalties. Yeah. Means penalties. So, means penalties. Yeah. so you're, you're advocating 1990? Well, it, at the moment, oh, so 1990 I, should win? No, but I'm going to say for me personally... Uh, you know, Ireland against Romania, and you you were right about you know the directors and how they came together and you know really put the tension there. I remember you know I've, I've written them down: Sheedy, Houghton, Townsend, and Cascarino. Absolutely. Hacky Bonner's, Hacky Bonner's made a, a, a we great save. We're talking about ninety or ninety-four now. 90. You know me. I'm on just a bit of a tangent. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, and you know, Packy Bonner saves from Tomofti, and you know, David O'Leary steps up and and scores the winner. That's that's why I wanted to pick 1990. But that was me. But I'm going to tell you about 1994, right? But you 90's mentioned the best. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned Pavarotti. Well, I have got Diana Ross. Um, but one of the the most important things is that none of your tournaments have led to the emergence of a major national league. And one of the things that when the USA uh, bid for FIFA, uh, the UEFA uh, World Cup in 1994, um, they didn't have a national league. The North Atlantic Soccer League, the North American Soccer League, with stupid teams like Tulsa Roughnecks in it, had had gone bust. And Sam so Allardyce the... play for no Tampa Bay. Sorry, carry on. I'll shut up. No, that's fine. Um, so that happened um, in 1993. So that that's one of the things. But let's have a look at some records. <laughs> um, it holds the record for the average attendance per game, 69,000 people. You know, f- football went to the land of the free and they lapped it up. Um, the previous record, actually, for Dave, was in 1966 with an average of 51,000. Wow. That, that surprised Trump me. That, um, 
the total attendance of 3.6 million is still the highest, um, despite the expansion from 24 to 32 teams. But now let me give you some of the firsts. Um, Greece, Nigeria, Fanidi George, there's one link, and Saudi Arabia made their first appearance of the tournament. Oh, Russia, Iran, the Saudi Arabian, scores the best goal as well. I'll give you that. Russia uh, oh, made their first, goal, yeah. first appearance after the breakup of the Soviet Union. It was the first time. You mentioned West Germany. Pfft, you had West Germany. We had Germany. The unified, <laughs> the unified Germany. The first time since 1938. It was also the first World Cup since 1938 that none of the home nations qualified. It was the first time that three points for a win. Uh, you know, because they were concerned that the American public weren't going to be there. So they wanted to encourage attacking football. Um, Group D, it was the first time that all four teams finished on the same points, four, and same goal difference, zero. Um, it was the first final to be decided on penalties. Brazil became the first nation to win the World Cup uh, four times. Oleg Selenko, Oleg Selenko became the first player to score five in one game. Uh, contra- controversy. Um, you mentioned Diego Maradona. Well, at the start of this tournament, Diego Maradona was on fire, um, back to his best. But it's then not he, the only he thing failed, he was on. Yeah, failed a, a drugs test. And if you see that celebration he does, where he kind of goes like a madman into the camera, you clearly knew he was on something. He Great got goal. he got he got kicked out. You talked about the Cameroon guy who um, tackled Claudia Canigia, who I always used to like the fact he had the. Um, elastic bands around his hair and stuff. But anyway, um, and you said that he died about two years ago. Well, one of the players who played in this tournament oh, no. died t- 10 days after. Got Andres, assassinated. Es- Andres Escobar. And the heat, one of the hottest uh, tournaments ever, 105 degrees centigrade. Um, in, <laughs> Jack in, Chandler went the, mental because they took yeah. his hat, didn't he? Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to that. I'm coming to Sorry. that. In the, in the citrus, citrus Bowl in, um, in Orlando. Wow, and that's just the first. I haven't even started talking about the games, but you know, game <laughs> it's like day, a team Vine gig. <laughs> yeah, game. I'm gonna do pen behind the ear in a bit. Um, <laughs> game, game day one, uh, South Korea oh, come no. back from two nil down with five minutes to go to draw uh, against Spain. Fantastic result. Game day two, USA's first match in the tournament. They're playing Switzerland. Roy Hodgson, Switzerland, by the way, and um, it was played indoors. You haven't had a, a match that's played indoors in the, in the Pontiac Silverdome. Uh, Eric Winalda equalised, by the way, for... Are you going to do um, the whole tournament? Today? No, I'm not. Um, I've, Hang on, game I've, eight. I've, <laughs> I've only got 74 pages. No, I haven't got that much. Um, Ireland, versus, Ireland versus Italy. You mentioned Toto Scalacci. Well, you know, revenge happened in the Giant Stadium in 1994. Ray Houghton, um, they... they there was a big point, actually, before the stadium about, you know, what's the stadium going to be like? Is it going to be the Irish-Americans or the Italian-Americans? Well, you watch the footage. It was Irish-Americans everywhere. They owned that stadium. And actually, a couple of other points that I found out about the giant stadium, that the second ever highest attendance there was uh, in 1995, when people went to see Pope John Paul II there. And then also, in 2009, the record is held by U2, 84,272. Um, just some of the players that played for Italy that Ireland beat that day. Uh, Maldini, Costa Curta, Franco Baresi, Roberto Baggio, Dino Baggio, and some other names. Game day five. I'll, I'll go quite quick now. Um, Argentina four, Greece nil. Another Ipswich Town link there. Uh, Bat- Batistuta oh. scored a hat-trick in that game. Oh, Derek wow. Davis. <laughs> 
I thought I'd play that one. Uh, Bulgaria lost 3-0 to Nigeria in the first match. And I thought I'd put that in there uh, because of context of how well Bulgaria did in the tournament. Fanidi was playing for Nigeria. USA beat Colombia. Uh, Escobar scoring the own goal. Game day eight, Ireland lose 2-1 to Mexico in those 1,000 degrees conditions. John Aldridge is having a fit because they won't let him come on. Ireland are 2-0 down. You're right. Yeah, Jack Charlton is wearing his... Um, probably a, a new era 76 hat or something for the first time. Looks like a bit of a trucker. He, he's going mental. They, they make the substitution. Um, Aldridge pulls one back, 2-1. Ireland draw their last game in the group, uh, 0-0. So they finish third, second, whichever. Um, anyway, <laughs> round of 16. Uh, yes. Romania, Romania beat Argentina 3-2. Oh, Hadji scores the best yeah. goal in that game. Hadji, yeah, scored a great goal. Oh. Uh, Ireland lost uh, 2-0 to Holland. Panky Bonner, who was the hero in Italian 90, he let slip. Dennis Bergkamp scored one of the goals for Holland there. Um, Brazil edged out USA only 1-0 in the tournament. Bebeto scored in the 72nd minute. Dino uh, Roberto Baggio, he, he scored two for Italy when they beat Nigeria 2-1. And uh, Bulgaria drew 1-1 um, in after extra time. Boncho Genchev came on as a sub. And he scored the second penalty. So he's the only Ipswich Town player to have scored in a World Cup penalty shootout, I think. Um, quarterfinals, Italy beat Spain 2-1. Baggio with the 88th minute winner. In the other game, what a classic match. Brazil 3, Netherlands 2. Uh, Romario 53, Bebeto 63. That second goal with Bebeto scored. He then did do the, the celebratory, um, iconic uh, celebration. And his son, actually, Matthias actually went on to become a professional footballer as well. Um, uh, Burkamp got one back, 64. Aaron Vinter, 76. And then Branko scored an 81. Bulgaria beat Germany 2-1. Oh. 15 minutes to go. Germany ahead into the uh, semis. But uh, Stoichkov and Jordi Lechkov in the 78th minute. That Boncho, was beautiful, that game. That was great. I remember that. Boncho came on as a sub in that game. Sweden beat Romania 5-4 on, on penalties in the other one after 2-2 two, two extra time. Finals, Italy beat Bulgaria 2-1. Oh, Baggio uh, in that game. Yeah. Stupid, stupid. Baggio, two goals. Stoichkov got a penalty and Boncho came on as a sub. In the uh, World Cup semi-final. Yeah. Wow. Brazil beat Sweden 1-0 in the, uh, the other semi-final. Romario scoring a late winner, 88th minute. So then we went to the Pasadena Rose Bowl for the final. And it ended nil nil, and it it wasn't it wasn't a great final. Um, and just to let you know, I've got a list of the 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 the, the penalty shootout, and um, Romario. Come on, how does it go, Stat? Come on. All right, so we nil Brazil. Uh, this is a bit like being on Sky Sports, <laughs> right? Santos, he, he steps up. Oh, the keeper saved it. It's, it's uh, uh, yeah. Just you've got to go fast. Barazzi misses. Romario scores. Albertini uh, scores. Branco scores. Evani scores. Dunga scores. Massaro uh, saves. No, so Barazzi must have been first, mustn't he? And then Baggio misses the, the fifth one. Um, and you'll be pleased to know I've uh, reached a blank sheet. But USA 94, so many firsts. Go on, Dave. you got your hand up. Sucker. Sorry, what I forgot to mention <laughs> was Harbin Banks 982. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Harbin Banks 982, Ben, and you'd appreciate this. And here in stat, just finish off there about Italy. Uh, Paolo Maldini made his Italian World Cup debut age 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
1994 <laughs> can't win because you've basically just said that Brazil shithoused the whole tournament. They played Dunga and Murrow Silva. I'm trying to work yeah. out the Scuggless equivalent Awful. of the two holding and, midfielders. And can I just say in summary stats, sucker. Sucker. Um, anyway, sucker. beautiful stuff. Um, some some great first in there. I think I think he did a gallant job there. Um, right, Mikey, 1998. Give me some proper Ronaldo. Yeah, so World Cup 98, it was the last of the World Cups where players were still wearing black and white boots, um, but not all of them. Ronaldo had the most amazing player of silver and blue oh, boots. He was the coolest oh, man in the world. He was the best player in the world, and he went into the tournament and he absolutely bossed it. So the opening game was Brazil against Scotland. Uh, I'd got home from school, and I don't think it had even really sunk. I still didn't fully understand what a World Cup was until my mum said, oh, the football's about to start. And I was like, in the afternoon? I couldn't believe it. Abs- like, I, we had four channels. And then, yeah, there it was. Fran- uh, it was France and it was Brazil against Scotland. And it wasn't a great opening game. Uh, Cesar Sampaio scored uh, the first goal of the World Cup. I'd never heard of him. He started crying. He's- okay, I... Um, yeah, he, d- he didn't scored, even know that. Cried. Yeah, he did. Like, Weirdly, really? I remember my Ball. parents were cheering on Scotland, which I found strange. Um, but yeah, uh, Scotland won a penalty, a Pelton era penalty, of however it's pronounced. Uh, and John Collins tucked it away, and there we are. I think Peltony's better stuff. We're going with that. Peltony, yeah. We're going with Peltony. Doesn't he play for Cardiff? <laughs> Uh, true, true story. I was Help playing. Me, in a, I was playing in a tournament growing up. Um, my mate was playing for a different team, Trimley Red Devils. He was playing for, and one of his teammates called it a tournament. And then he said, "Oh, it's going to go to Peltonies." And then, yeah, and, and, and then it stuck. So yeah, Peltony in the tournament, and then Cafu popped up in the last. Well, he's a player. Last ten minutes of the game. Scored a really scruffy goal, but followed it up with a front somersault, which is absolutely brilliant. I was straight out in the garden, <laughs> breaking my back trying to do that one. Uh, and then the next game that I remember was England's first game. And England were a pretty decent team. Um, Glenn Hoddle was the manager. He left Paul Gascoigne at home. Just one point yeah, he... with Dave, just by mentioning Glenn Hoddle. So. All-time favourite. And yeah, and the first game we started with Sheringham and Shearer up front, which is which is pretty good. But Michael Owen and David Beckham were on the bench. Um, Strength. Yeah, we didn't need them in that game. Uh, Alan Shearer scored a header. I think I was still at school. I went to St Mary's in Woodbridge, which is known as St Fairies because you weren't allowed to play football. You weren't allowed to talk about football. Um, <laughs> weren't allowed you, to talk about football? No, I wasn't allowed to talk about football. I uh, wasn't allowed to write about football. Um, but yeah, I've really shown them, haven't I? <laughs> um, but, so yeah. Was it like secret swapping of soccer stars and stuff? You know, uh, no, Everything was banned. Sorry, even, soccer stars. Power Rangers. Um, and yeah, Paul Scholes popped up and scored a brilliant goal in the last minute. Of course he did. Uh, England's next game was Michael Owen's first um, World Cup game. So I was seven and Michael Owen was 18. And I loved the fact that there was a really young player taking it by storm. He came off the bench, scored. But England ended up losing because Dan Petrescu scored a scruffy right. goal in the last minute. Um, and we qualified because we beat Colombia in the final group game. 
Carlos Valderrama was playing with the <sighs> cool hair. Um, interesting fact about Carlos Valderrama, and this is a bit of a name drop, but I was on the same flight as him uh, in Russia last year because he's on the FIFA payroll. Uh, it was an internal flight from Sochi to St. Petersburg. And, Sorry, uh, he... Carlos Valderrama, Customs and FIFA. I don't know how that flight ever took off, but carry on anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, Carlos Valderrama was there with his wife, who has the exact same haircut, but slightly <laughs> slightly less hair. And they, they say you're attracted also... to people who look like you, don't they? <laughs> and then uh, they also have a dog, which apparently also has the same haircut. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I digress slightly. Um, sorry about that stat. It's a, it's a pain when people do that, isn't it? Uh, I tell you, for me, that that's one. It a dog that has the same haircut as Carlos Valderrama. I had Maradona that, that in his wasn't prime. Even alive yet? We haven't really spoken about um, the host. The host of France. Ooh. I think it's great having a a, a smallish country hosting the tor- tournament, and. Uh, and it also being on at a good time, late afternoon, early evening, like. That works, doesn't it? It works for us anyway. A bit selfish of the Americans. Uh, South Korea, that game. was the worst one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was first thing in the morning. I was, yeah, Logo I didn't, the place, didn't but... mind that. Um, and yeah, the Dutch had a good team as well. Um, I, be, I remember being amazed by just the wall of orange behind the goal. Um, they were an exciting team. And yeah, there were some, just some brilliant players. I'll just name a few here. Obviously, Baggio was still there for Italy maybe getting towards the, the end of his time. But Italy's star player was Christian Vieri, who obviously went on to score a hat-trick and what was probably his the highlight of his career against Ipswich. <laughs> tight as Bramble. Yeah. yeah, I reckon him against Bramble was probably was a highlight of his career. You're right. Um, so I'd already mentioned Ronaldo. Rivaldo was playing. Roberto, Carlos and Cafu were bombing up the right and left side. Brazil were an exciting team. Um, they still had Dunga playing. Uh, do you remember that goal, goal? Just quickly, do you remember that goal that was it? Um, uh, Carlos, um, Roberto Carlos scored. Was that the Tournois the season before yeah, against England? Yeah, yeah. yeah when so he starts was... out about a yard outside the goal. Yeah, and he he's recently said that um, the reason why he started it out wide was because it was really windy, which, which yeah, sort yeah. Of dispels the the myth of it all. I think because um, it didn't defy yeah. physics it just got caught by the wind just like yeah. it would at Felix Dorec. Um so yeah and then there was uh, the French team they had Zidane um, Turam, Barthez, Laurent Blanc they were all decent players um, and then there was some really good centre forwards obviously I've mentioned Ronaldo many times now but there was Davar Suker oh. Croatia, Croatia playing Croatia the finished third in a tournament they finished third yeah what an underdog story that is they were I think the nation was seven years old at the time. Robin and they Yarny. would have had some players. I think I think Prozanevsky might have been playing. Yeah. Suka. So there was they had players playing who'd played for technically they played for another nation in previous World Cups. But Yugoslavia was still in this World Cup. Um, which was to me I still can't get my head around that. Um, sorry, sorry, Mikey. Um were Croatia playing in that iconic sort of red and white squared kit as well. Yeah, the beautiful kit yeah. and then their, their away shirt which because they got so far into the tournament they got to wear which was mostly blue but with the red and white checks down the sides it was you had a me thing of beauty. There, was, there was some amazing kits in that tournament jamaica were in it they were quite exciting <laughs> R- robbie Earl. Earl scored a brilliant header um so yeah these are probably the highlights of the the group stages and then romania um in their final group game they all dyed their hair yellow 
um, to go with the kit, which must have just been an absolute nightmare for the commentators. Banter. Luckily, John Watson hadn't um, quite lost his marbles by this point <laughs> um, because he was the main commentator with Barry Davis. Oh, and they points I mean, for they Barry Davis. They were brilliant. Yeah, dream team. He, even John Watson was good back then. Um, I think it was the next World Cup where he started to go downhill a little bit. Um, so yeah, and then. There was a few players that I'd never heard of before that I got really excited about. I'm sure everyone else did as well. JJ Kocha was brilliant oh. for Nigeria. He was absolutely dominant. Nigeria beat Spain 3-2, one of the best games in the group stage. Sunday Alise. Oh. Sunday Alise. I'd like to think that that goal was on a Sunday, but I might be wrong. <laughs> Stat, can you confirm? It was yeah, a it Sunday, was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was a Sunday. Uh, and then Cameroon had a striker called Patrick Mbomber. What Sunderland. a name for a striker. Mbomber. Header, uh, Marcelo Salas and Zamorano oh, up front. Wow. Jose like Chilever. Jose Chilever. Oh, oh what a keeper. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So I'll, I might as well go on to it now. You've brought him up. Sorry. The, the, the wild moment of the World Cup. Um, Chilever charging upfield to take a free kick. And I think the game was nil-nil. And it, was, it might have even been the first half. And he's curled this amazing free kick from about 30 yards. And the keeper... Absolute bastard saved it from the top corner. <laughs> Robbed us of Mikey. Of the he was really good. Time. Paraguay didn't concede a goal until Laurent Blanc scored for France. Like goal, um, 150 gold, minute. Gold, he, yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't a gimmick goalkeeper. He was really good. I yeah, think also so he he was um uh their Paraguay's seventh highest goal scorer as well. <laughs> seventh highest. <laughs> yeah. He scored. He scored the, uh, more than five goals. As a keeper for Paraguay, that is that is incredible. He, he has some amazing kits as well. Um, I think uh, the Mexico keeper is the one with the most famous kit, but that might have been that might have been '94 actually. George Camp- Santos, Campos. Campos, George Campos, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we go into the knockout stages. And George the, Santos. The, That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one, Dave. We'll get those two mixed up now. George Campos, Bit of a height Kevin George Keegan, Santos. Kevin Keegan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go on, Mikey. Uh, so, yeah, we get to the knockout stages and England play Argentina because they failed to to win against, or well, we failed to draw against Romania. I think that was the reason why we had to play Argentina. And uh, Diego Simeone dived for a penalty. Batistuta, Ipswich target, scored. Um, Ipswich England Towns, the Bat- Batistuta. Refer to him as Ipswich Towns, Batistuta. England went up the other end. Michael Owen dived for uh, a penalty. Foul. So diving, diving had started to happen. Definite um, foul. Definite it, foul. Yeah, it may have been a foul, yeah. but it was still a dive. He, Def- definite he foul. Threw, i tell you what, Ben, stone, Shearer stone took a good penalty, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and Shearer <laughs> top-binned it. Postage stamp. 1-1. It's all looking good. Michael Owen picks the ball up 40 yards from goal. David Beckham had pinged a nice little pass to him. And, and the camera angle makes it look like he, he he gets the ball out of his feet to take it past one player, and he was so, so quick. And it looked like there was nobody that left to beat. But Zanetti had dropped so deep for Argentina because they were so scared of his pace that he was out of shot. And then the next thing you see is Michael Owen running towards Zanetti. Um, an Argentina player bottles bringing him down. It's Pochettino. And pushes it out of his feet. Was it, was it Pochettino? With yeah. beautiful long hair, yeah. You like yeah. long hair, don't you, Ben? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then he gets it. Got to pass the edge skulls the at this point. You've got to give right. it to Skulls now, haven't you? Tucks it away. Brilliant goal. England are 2-1 up. And then in the second half, 
Argentina execute a Paul Hurst-esque free kick <laughs> routine with, I think, Veron passed it to Zanetti, Veron. pinged it into the top corner that's with his left foot. That's a great goal, there. And I think in some ways that's a, arguably a more iconic goal than the Michael Owen one, if, if you take your England hat off. Um, perhaps I'm wrong, but it's, it's definitely a memorable one. Um, so, yeah, England... Uh, yeah. Oh, nearly, nearly forgot to mention. David Beckham then gets sent off. He didn't. Um, Did he? For, yeah, do you remember that? Nah. <laughs> nah. So David Beckham got sent off and then for a silly, silly foul. I still haven't forgiven him. Um, yeah, maybe we were meant to laugh there. Um, uh, he, he, did, he did fine though, Mikey. He's, he's yeah. all right. You know, he's, he's done okay. Yeah, he, he's he, got over it. He rallied. He was, he, was, he was petulant. He, got, he was rightly sent off. Yeah. But then what happened after that was absolutely terrible with the the, the British press who were oh, you know, really went went to town for David Beckham. Oh, they were showing effigies of him slaughtered. hanging and stuff. And um, yeah. you know now he's this big global star, and they I all think want he's a piece of the last laugh stat. He certainly has, yeah. Yeah, he was he was he was too good looking and too good at football and too successful for his own good, really, wasn't he? He was always <laughs> going to be the target for the Sun newspaper. But he it's wasn't good that black, it's, though. They would have really yeah, gone for him if he to know that, yeah, that we've moved on from that and the tabloids leave our young, talented players alone. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, Sol Campbell... Got any, so it doesn't matter. Sol, oh, come on. Uh, Sol Campbell scored a header in uh, injury time. I think uh, I might still time. be celebrating that, Mikey. yeah. I think the most I've celebrated in England goal since then was the Raheem Sterling one against <laughs> Italy in the last World Cup. What a goal that was. Um, so, yeah, and then it goes to penalties, Peltonese, penalties, and Paul Ince doesn't hide this time and takes one and misses, well, has it saved by Carlos Roa. And then David Batty, for some reason, is oh selected to take one. And he also misses one. And apparently, I heard the other day that he 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 just went off on his holidays and wasn't particularly bothered by bothered by. He, he was fine, and maybe I that's why that. he was chosen because he, he could totally handle failure. Cold about it. Yeah. So yeah, by this point, England are out, and I'm supporting the Netherlands because they're playing Argentina next. We've spoken about Michael Owen's goal. Oh, lights gone off in here. Um, Look out for the Undertaker coming. A in. long diagonal ball from one of the De Boer brothers. Dennis Burkamp catches it on the end of his foot, flicks it underneath himself to set up, get it round the defender and set it up for the outside of the right foot volley into the half volley into the top corner. Brilliant, brilliant World Cup goal. I don't know if there's ever been a better one. For me, Barry, that's Barry Davis goes mental. Yeah, absolutely incredible goal. Um, and then the Dutch eventually get knocked out by Brazil. Ronaldo scored an incredible goal in that game. He's on four, maybe five goals by this point. But Davar Suker is also scuffing them in from everywhere. I think Batistuta had scored a hat-trick earlier on in the tournament, but he was now out of the running for the golden boot. Um, France had sort of stuttered their way through to the semi-finals and they played Croatia. Davar Suker scores the opener. And then Lillian Turam, um, the young right-back, pops up with two brilliant goals and France are through to the final, which is obviously great for them um, as a nation and good for the World Cup as well that the hosts have got through. Because although Croatia is a great underdog story, I think they'd have just been not the most exciting of winners and maybe Brazil would have played them off the park in the final. Brazil got to the final by beating the Dutch on penalties. Um, 
that showed how good that Netherlands team was. They had Mark Overmars, the De Boer brothers, Philip Koku, Van der, young Van der Sar in goal. Kleiber. And then they had Burkamp and Cliver up front. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, we get through to the final. And Ronaldo's not on the original team sheet because he's had a fit in the hotel. Drama, best player in the world. That happens. He ends up playing, but looks like he's... Um, well, he looked pasty, uh, to put it. To put it. <laughs> he's out of it, isn't he? Yeah, he just wasn't there. He's and he got absolutely clattered by Bartes as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ronaldo is the best player in the world at this point. But the next player to emerge as the world's best scores two goals, two headed goals. And apparently, yeah. Ronaldo was supposed to be marking him. It was Mr. Zinedine Zidane, who, in my opinion, is the best all-round player of that generation. Um, he makes it 2-0 and then struggling for Ipswich connections here. There hasn't been any at all. Um, but Emmanuel Petit, <laughs> he was a familiar player to me. I quite like that he rolled in the the final goal, 3-0. And yeah, France lift the World Cup. And uh, there was also a really good Nintendo 64 World <laughs> Cup 98 game. That's another add-on. The World Cup songs are really good. England's re-released three lines, even though it was only two years old. And uh, we also had Vindaloo, which was great. Mikey, don't get on World Cup songs because Ben will Ben could trump us, I think, on that one. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to. I don't really need to trump you because I got the Italian ninety thing again. I don't France, think you have. I think '82 beats it all just France, because of six six Ipswich players. France, Come on out there. France you know shit it as well. So it was Bartes, Lizarazu, Taram, Desai, and Blanc with Deschamps in front. It's just too defensive, isn't it? Didn't have any Solid, yeah. no, they Ste- did have, Stefan Guivarch up front. They and on, did have replay left wing. Young Robert Perez and young Thierry Henry coming off the bench. I hadn't mentioned those names. So I, it, during the game. group stages, they they changed it up a little bit and were a bit more attacking. And but yeah, towards the end, you, but it wasn't a. They weren't a brilliant France team, which, show, but they beat Brazil in the final. That shows like that was. A hell of an achievement, and I'm not sure that was a great Brazil team. I take take, take, take Ronaldo Ronaldo away yeah. as you did in the final. I'm not sure that was a great Brazil side either, really. It wasn't as good as the the Brazil side from 2002. I can't comment on the other no. Brazil sides that I've seen, but Ronaldo was that good. Yeah, and yeah, he carried he carried they the were team fairly solid and had the, the yeah. two fullbacks, Cafu and Roberto yeah. Carlos bombing. Yeah, they were excellent. Rivaldo was good, but he he was better in the next World Cup, and yeah. Ronaldinho was there as well. Um, but yeah, just the best tournament ever. Beautiful. Um, so let's summarise this then. So if you're with um, Dave, 1982. Yeah. Go Can ahead, I Dave. just interject again? You owe me another 15 minutes, I think. Oh, it's, it's very <laughs> rare, Dave, that you, you were the concise one today. I, I'm, I'm not used to this at all. That was I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you handled that beautifully. Um, so we were Dave in 82 is... Uh, six Ipswich players, brilliant Brazil team. Um, the Schumacher clattering Batistón in the in the semi final. Both, both those, another Ipswich link. Both those protagonists played at Ipswich the season before. Beautiful. Um, Nineteen ninety. Um, you've got Maradona in his prime. England World Cup semi final, extra time, penalties. Gascoigne, Lineker, Bobby Robson, Roger Miller. Yeah, 1994, um, a World Cup of firsts with an average attendance of 
69,000 or something. And, Diana Ross. Um, Boncho Gwenchev. Um, Oleg Zelenko scored five goals. Or you can go with Mikey, 1998, France winning the proper Ronaldo. In as, If you've seen the Bobby Robson film, Jose Mourinho says... The original and the best Ronaldo. I can't do. I can't do Portuguese words. It was pretty poor. But um, 1998, David Beckham, uh, red card, Michael Owen, stupid goal. Um, just a little bit of fun, isn't it? You know. Um, so I will put a Twitter poll up, um, and we will see who's going to win that. Um, Statman, tell us about your poll that is going on at the moment. Yeah, it's one of these things which I kind of have a good idea, and then when I'm six games into it i wish i'd never started it takes ages to do it so yeah i thought what i did was come up with the top 18 uh international appearance maker uh, inter- international appearance makers at portman road um and put them in the league so they all play each other um i kind of feel sorry at the moment for craig forrest he's in the relegation zone with amir carriage and um jamie peters um, but there's a big match going on at the moment between uh, Paul Mariner and Mick Mills. Oof. And I think with about six hours to go, uh, Mick Mills was about 70% to Mariner's 30%. Um, and I think realistically what will happen, it, they've got like a, a mini group of five where the winner will come out from, which will be Mariner, Walk, Mills, Butcher, and possibly Matt Holland might fit into the into the top to the top four but yeah it's just one of those things that i do when my wife says shouldn't you be doing something far more important than that but i've i said look i'm six games into this league now you know it's a 17 league season yeah so um yeah big plug for that just make sure you you vote or retweet um any of that so that's that's what um i'm doing at the moment and also uh Hello? Have no. you heard that? Buzzed nope. out. Uh, I haven't heard it. Is it? Is it the one where he keeps saying bastard? Oh, it's, 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 it's hilarious. Stat, you'd like that. Google Bob, that. YouTube, Google Bob Morton and Mick McCarthy. Yeah, it, it's quite funny. Sorry, ben, I just, you're very you're very quiet there, Ben. I just dipped yeah. out. I dipped out for about ten seconds. It was probably the best bit of the best bit of the podcast. I think my um <laughs> my internet connection. Um, so. Follow Statman's poll at Chompex3. Mikey, when are you going to Russia? I've asked you about 10 times now. Uh, the 27th. 27th. Uh, Mikey, so the, what, the, what game do you see? Uh, I don't actually know yet. Um, I'm going for work. So, um, when you England... for? Can you say? Or is it top secret? Uh, it's not top secret, but nobody will have heard of it. So, okay. <laughs> but so yeah, you're, out there for, you're out there for work in a, in a football capacity or... Yeah, so I, I'm a sports journalist of types. Uh, I don't write anything. I don't put any opinions across or anything like that. Um, but I'll be working as a producer alongside um, a camera operator. So I'll be in press conferences, uh, mixed zones after the game. And, right, yeah, and then also sometimes in the fan zones. So um, are you over there for the duration then? Uh, no, I fly out the day before England's last group game. And then I'm yeah. there until a couple of days after. And yeah. where where can everyone find that on Twitter, Mikey? Uh, well, I'm uh, at Mikey underscore Smith 13. Um, but yeah, I suppose I could uh, plug the company Omnisport. Omnisport. Never, so heard, of it. Omnisport. never, never heard of them. 
<laughs> you will do that. You will do. Yeah, they're going to be big. I've got a feeling they're um, going to be big. And you all know where to follow um, David Diamond at David Diamond Three um, at Benjamin Bloom over this side as well. So um, please give us your honest feedback. We've attempted the four-way podcast um, with a view to doing some of these next season. So um, give us your honest feedback. Don't, don't be mean. No need to. No need to be mean, is there? You know. It's, imagine, yeah, we've had enough of meanness, haven't we? Imagine you actually saying it to my face. No, Anyway, right, um, say goodbye, Statman. Goodbye, Statman. Say goodbye, Mikey. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> say goodbye, Dave. Bye, lads. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for watching. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there, offering much-needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double-dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.